Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Uh, on our Wednesday nights, one of the things that we've been really focusing on is the subject of prayer. And uh, really have just said that we are going to purpose to really pursue God in prayer. And that when we start talking about, or as I, we minister on these Wednesday nights, it's going to take a whole lot of different facets and a whole lot of different journeys. Uh, but it all will relate to prayer or help bring focus to prayer. And obviously, if you talk about the blood of Jesus and you have a good understanding concerning the blood of Jesus, it'll help you pray. But you see how talking about the blood of Jesus isn't directly correlated with prayer. But if you know about the blood, it will help you pray. Right? Or the same thing is applicable concerning your authority as a believer. If you begin to learn about your authority as a believer, well, then it begins to help you pray. If you learn about the name of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus. So you can see that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of rabbit trails that we can go, but it can be brought back to prayer. Amen. And so tonight we're going to continue to talk about that. And if you remember, we also said that just to get more focused on prayer, the last Wednesday of the month is going to be corporate prayer. And so that's really going to be our, our, our focus as we come together because as a church, we really need to learn how to pray together and not just be all div- divided in our prayers, but learn how to come together corporately in prayer. And as the Bible says in the book of Acts, it says they came together and lifted their voice. Now, there was many voices, but when they prayed in unity, they became one voice. And that's how we get things done. And so that's what God's wanting us to learn how to do and get some things happening. Amen. So if you recall, last week we were really talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Some may call it praying in tongues. Others may call it your prayer language or Others may say it's a spirit language. Again, there's all kinds of ways that we can label it or name it. But again, it's a supernatural way by which God gives us the ability to pray with an unknown tongue. He gives you a spirit language. And so, if you recall, we began last week just simply looking at Luke chapter 11. And if you recall, it's where Jesus said, you know, you being earthly fathers know how to give good gifts unto your children. He said, if your son or your daughter, if they were to ask you for a, 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 a loaf of bread or for something to eat, would you give them a stone? He said, if you'd ask for something to eat, would you give them a scorpion? He said, no, you being evil, you being worldly men or fathers, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more does your heavenly father know or will give good gifts unto you and give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? So we saw this. That concerning the Holy Spirit, there is uh, two different experiences, if you will. He says, if you'll ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. But we also know this, that upon the born-again experience, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us. Right? So... When we look over in Romans chapter 10 and confessing Jesus as Lord, and therefore if you confess Him as Lord and believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Nowhere in there did He say, ask for the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus says this in Luke chapter 11, He's not referring to the born again or salvation experience. So therefore there must be something different 
something additional where he says, pray for the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Man, I forgot about you back there. <laughs> Never mind, I'll come back to it later. You can come on and join us if you want. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So he says, ask for the Holy Spirit. And he'll give it to us. And also we saw over in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, go and wait for the promise that you've heard of me and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Now, he was speaking to his disciples, ones that had already been born again. So upon being born again, he said once again, now go receive this promise that I'm talking to you about. Now, if you also recall, Jesus said this. Now, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. So, by default, does it, does it reason out to say that if we have the Holy Spirit, that we have the advantage? Or there is a, an advantage to be had? Sure there is. So then that also will let us know that there are some people that are walking around... That have not partaken of or don't have the advantage. Well, man, if God gives us something that will give us the upper hand, give us the advantage, give us a leg up, give me whatever it is. I want it. Sign me up. If there's an advantage, I want it. Come on. Do you remember when, there, when you were in, in school and they said, okay, there's going to be a, a test. Now, let me just give you the questions to the test that will give you an advantage. Well, if I know exactly what's on the test, then that means I can better pass the test. I've got an advantage, right? right? Well, so there's always something as a benefit of having the advantage. Now, concerning this advantage, he says, when I send the Holy Spirit, it will be to your advantage. Now, let me just ask you concerning salvation. For those of you that have received Christ, have experienced salvation, the born-again experience, is there an advantage in that? Sure there is. I mean, the advantage is, is, man, I once was separated from God. Now I'm united with Him. Once I carried the burden of my sins. Now I'm free. I was once going to hell, but man, now I'm going to heaven. Once I was living in death, but now I've got life. So in other words, when we talk about this advantage, is it just a minor advantage or is it a major advantage? To be born again, it's a major advantage. Come on. You talk about The Walking Dead or these uh, shows talking about zombies. Come on. We're living amongst zombies. And I'm using that loosely. You know what I'm talking about. There are those that are The Walking Dead. They're going to hell and they're living life right beside you. But you've got eternal life. Come on, I'm telling you, that is some kind of advantage, right? So, if Jesus said this Holy Spirit is going to give you an advantage, do you think it's just some minor advantage? Or do you think it's got to be major? Everything about God is major. Whatever he does majorly changes your life. But so many Christians take it so lightly and like, well, okay, maybe kind of, sort of, one day if I get around to it, well, you know, it's just not for me. Listen, if Jesus said it was for us, he wanted to give it to us, it must be a major advantage to our lives. 
And if it's available, I want the advantage. I want God to give me to whatever I can have. Can you say amen? It's got to be a big deal. But now concerning this. In fact, turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Concerning this Holy Spirit, it says this in James chapter 1, verse 5. He says, if anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. So, one, when we look in the book of Proverbs, the Bible speaks of wisdom... But it speaks of wisdom as a person. And when we really get into the nitty gritty of it, wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, he says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God and he gives you just a little dose. No. If you ask of God for wisdom, he'll give you just as much as you can handle. Does it say that? No, it doesn't. He says, when you ask, he gives liberally. It's like, oh, oh, wow, wow. That was a lot. I didn't really expect that much, God. Right? When you ask, God gives you abundantly a big measure But the King James says that he will give you liberally and he unbraideth not or upbraideth not. Now, that word upbraideth, I always wondered what that meant. What does that mean? What it means is that when you ask for wisdom, God gives it to you liberally, but then he don't condemn you back on the backside of him giving it to you. What does that mean? God, I need wisdom. All right, I'll give you wisdom, but you should have had that already, you dummy. I've been trying to help you, but every time, you know, you try to turn this way, I try to help you to turn that way, and doggone it, if, you know, if you only listen, you'd be further ahead in life. Ever had your parents be like that with you? Or you as a parent be like that? (laughs) Hello, dummy. (laughs) But God's not that way. He says, he gives to you liberally, and it upbraideth not. So in other words, he's not looking at you and saying, well, come on, would you finally get it? Would you kind of get on with it? Would you finally come to a place of understanding? No, he says, when you ask, there's no strings attached. Okay, you want something? You want wisdom? You want the Holy Spirit? You want the advantage? Okay, I'll give it to you with no strings attached. Just because I said I would. Amen. Oh, you mean I don't have to earn it? Nope, no strings attached. You mean I don't have to work my way and do this and jump through the hoops? No, I just do it because I love you. You said you want the Holy Spirit, I'll give them to you. Praise God. Now, once again, when you think about... Him giving you the Holy Spirit. There's been those, and I've I've worked with individuals, and they said, well, I've asked for it, and I just, nothing happened. I didn't get it. 
Well, when you look at the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, it says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon, or when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So many times what ends up happening, we ask, and God says, okay, I want to give it to you. And then we sit there and say, okay, God, now you do it. You do it for me. The Holy Spirit don't pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit don't make you a puppet and move your mouth and move your lips. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gave them utterance and they began to speak with other tongues. So in other words, they had to move their mouth. They had to move their lips. And you say, well, I felt like I was just doing it. Well, yeah, nobody else is going to do it but you. You've got to move your mouth and move your lips and give it voice. Well, I felt like I was just making it up. Well, how do you know? Did you ever speak in that language before? Did you ever pray that way before? Well, no. But I just felt like I was making it up. Well, how would you know? It just came out. In fact, I can think of different times where I've I've ministered to people and praying for them. And I said, okay, now just move your mouth. And so they start moving their mouth and things came out. And I was like, there it is. They're like, yeah, but. Yeah, but what? Well, I feel like I'm just doing it. Yeah, you are just doing it. Well, I've never done it before, so how do I know it's real? Well, have you ever not done it before? All right, so you just did it now. That's it. And I talk to them with such simplicity that that they think like, well, there's got to be more. Oh, no, listen. It doesn't come with all this fanfare and like, woohoo, yeah, you got it. That's it. No, you just yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And the utterance comes and you begin to pray. But now, now once again, you got to get this because so many people think that, that God's going to make me do it. If you recall in Acts chapter 2, it says that the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, it says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It, we, he will endow you with power. And then in Acts 2, it says they began to, to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I can remember there was this one particular church. This is... Oh, gosh, man, it was back in the, 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 the 90s, I believe it was. But I was in this service, and this, there was this older gentleman, always desired to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so one night he came up to be filled, and we prayed for him. And the Holy Spirit came on him so strong that his whole physical body just began to, to tremble. And so he's got all these older ladies around him, probably six, eight ladies around him. And they're all screaming and shouting, praise God, glory to God, hallelujah. Oh, come on, just do it. Just let it rip. Just come on, let it loose. I mean, they're just trying to coach him along. And, and, and so here they're trying to coax him into it, but he's not moving his mouth. The Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit did his part, but the man decided just to be quiet, thinking that the Holy Spirit was going to make him do something. And he walked away being frustrated. Come on, are you hearing me tonight? I can remember this one particular <laughs> this one particular girl. Uh, I was ministering in the same church on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It was my grandfather's church, and they had invited me to come and minister. And so I'm ministering on the subject, and this one girl, she came up to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so I p- began to pray for her. And so as I'm praying for her, she's just smiling. And I'm thinking, okay, well, girl, just shut your eyes. Just focus on God. You know, I'm, I'm thinking this in my head. And so I'm praying and I'm trying to help her. And, and so I opened up one eye to peek at her again. And she's just looking at me. She's like, I'm like, 
quit smiling at me. I mean, I'm not saying this. I'm like, quit smiling at me. Focus on God. Just move your mouth. And it frustrated me. And because I was young, I didn't even know what to tell her. So I just like, dear God, I'm going to leave you alone. I started sweating. It bothered me so much. It's just kind of like, you know. (laughs) But again, she just sat there and smiled as though, okay, let it happen. But she had to give voice to it. Amen. She had to allow herself to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. And he says, if we ask, he'll give liberally. And he'll come upon us. So it's not a matter of whether you qualify or not. It's not a matter of whether or not you're good enough. He says, I want to fill you. I want you to have this advantage. Now, once again, you might say, well, what's the advantage? What does it do for me? Well, we touched about on this a little bit last week. But if you recall in Jude, verse 20, it says, building yourself up or building up your most holy faith, praying in the spirit or praying with other tongues. Now, that word building yourself up is in the Greek, the word what we would get our word from dynamo or generator. So the Bible says that when you're praying in your prayer language, you're charging your battery. You remember we used the example last week that when you plug in your cell phone, you don't question whether or not it's getting charged up. You don't go down there and look at it in the middle of the night thinking, man, I sure hope it's charged up. No, when it's plugged into the source, you know that the battery is being charged. When we're praying in the Spirit, you might say, well, gosh, my mind doesn't know what I'm praying. Oh, but your spirit is being supercharged. You're plugging into the power source, and God is building up your spirit on the inside. You're a spirit living in a body. And God says when you begin to pray in the Spirit, your spirit begins to get charged and built up. And then you've been hearing the word of God and it's on the inside of you and you might have even forgotten about it. But when the word is planted in your heart, it's deposited and what's in you, the Holy Spirit begins to cultivate the word of God that is in you and faith begins to stir. Come on. Simply by praying in the Holy Spirit. So therefore... If I am built up in my spirit, I'm strong in spirit. If I'm full in spirit, then I can begin to walk in the spirit. And then we see over here in Galatians chapter 15. In fact, why don't we turn there just so that you can see it. Just a couple verses back here, or chapters back rather. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16... He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know that there is this constant battle between the flesh man and the spirit man. The spirit man wants to serve God and walk with God. The spirit man wants to do the things that are pleasing to God. And the flesh says, I want to do my own thing. And oftentimes what I want to do isn't pleasing to God. (laughs) Right? I'm a preacher and my flesh does that. 
I've been in church all my life. And my flesh still does that. As long as you're in this world, as long as you live this mortal life, this flesh will always try to raise itself up to battle against the spirit man. And God says, walk in the spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust or the temptations or the desires of the flesh. So think about it. If we're walking or walking down the road, here's what it looks like. Here is the center line. Here is walking in the spirit, center line, walking in the flesh. But the the unfortunate thing is, as far as this road, it's tilted this way. It's already got a natural slope to it. So I might be strong in spirit and I'm on this side of the line. But if I just stop building up my spirit, I don't have to do anything. And I just start slipping back over into the flesh side. Right? As long as you're in this world, that's what our battle is. So therefore, he says, when you pray in the spirit... It keeps you on this side. It builds up the spirit, man. It keeps you full. And therefore, it keeps you on this side of the road, walking in the spirit. How many of you know the difference between walking with God and walking in the flesh? How many of you know that you can be a Christian and live this life in the flesh, walking in the flesh and giving in to the temptations of the flesh All the days of your life. But obviously that's not fun. In the sense of living successfully and victoriously. Living with God. So he says walk in the spirit. Why do we struggle in the flesh? In fact when you have difficult times. When you're struggling with the flesh. What's the reason? Because your spirit has gotten weak. If praying in the spirit supercharges or generates or builds up my spirit. If it charges my spiritual battery. And I find myself walking in the flesh. Being enticed by the temptations of the flesh. Then that tells me my spiritual battery has gotten depleted. Come on. It's real simple, right? And so when it comes to this, I've got to understand that my battery leaks. You leak. Your faith walk leaks. Now listen to this. In Romans chapter 14 verse 17 it says, The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Everybody that is a believer... Is wanting to walk with the sensation and the feeling and the knowing that they're right before God. Right? Every person on the planet of the earth desires to be right with God. They may be deceived, but they want to be right with God. Every person on the planet wants to walk in peace. Every person wants to have joy. But if we're not walking in the spirit and I'm tending to walk in the flesh. The battle begins to say you're not right with God. Something's out of sorts. 
Have you ever lived, lived life or had, had just those seasons in your life where you're just miserable? You're discontented? You're angry at everything and you're thinking, God! And, and if you get real honest with yourself, he's like, it's because God, I'm not, I'm not walking right with you. Again, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. Because I find myself there at times just like you do. And you're like, oh, I just want to get it right. I want to be right. I want to live right. And God, right now, I just know that I'm not right with you. But if I'm full of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, <laughs> oh, man, there's peace. Because, man, I'm, I'm right with you. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame in that. And half of that is because the devil is reminding me that I'm walking in the flesh. And so, therefore, again, there's that internal battle that, man, God, I'm just not doing what I need to be doing. There's not the peace. And there's not the joy. Why? Because I keep slipping over into the flesh. Being pulled by the temptations of the flesh. And everybody is there. Everybody goes through that. Everybody is subject to it. So therefore, what is the advantage of being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit? It charges my battery. So therefore, when I feel the pull, I can resist. (laughs) No, you don't got me. I've got strength to stay on this side. And you start to feel yourself, oh, no, I'm going to pray a little bit more. Woo-hoo-hoo. All right, thank you, Lord. Man, I got my joy back. I got my peace back. Why? Because I'm building myself up. Amen? Now, just to, to identify this, this side of you leaking, if you recall, I believe it's over in Acts chapter 6, the Bible says that Peter and John, they were imprisoned. They took them captive because they were preaching in the name of Jesus. And they couldn't find really anything wrong with what they were doing. So they ended up letting them go. But they commanded them to preach in the name no longer. But as they left, they went back to their own company, the Bible says. Or really, their fellowship of believers. Their local church. And it says as they got together, they had a prayer meeting. And it says they lifted up their voice in one accord. And said, Lord, behold their threats. Stretch forth your hand to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And as they were praying in the upper, or in that prayer time, if you will, the Bible says that God or the Holy Spirit came and filled them all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why I thought they were filled back there in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Well, wait a minute. I thought Jesus breathed on them back there in the Gospels and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit when they were born again. When they experienced Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But then they leak and they got over here into a prayer meeting and they got filled again. So you see, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not a one time and done. Oh, no, there is multiple fillings because actually in the text it says, be being filled. So if you thought, well, praise the Lord, I got filled 25 years ago. Well, if you never got filled up again, then you're, you're running on empty. Amen. Every time that we pray, you're praying in the car, just praying in the spirit. You can be listening to the music and enjoying the music, but still be praying. And you're thinking, well, my mind don't know anything that I'm praying. No, but your battery's being charged. And you just don't know what's coming around the corner, the temptation or the trial. But man, I've been building myself up. My battery's charged and I'm walking in the Spirit. Amen. 
Are you tracking with me tonight? All right. So if you're not full, you will slip into and begin to walk in the flesh. And therefore, you will try to obtain from God and you'll try to cope with life. And God has never told you to cope. He has told you to conquer. And so here's what it looks like in coping with life. He says the kingdom of God is peace and joy. Now, I've been talking a lot about this in the last several weeks because this hits home where the church is. And the church is looking to a lot of things to cope. And it's trying to cope to fill the gap of experiencing joy and the peace. Right? And he says... As a church, you're to be full of the Spirit. And when you're full, you'll conquer over this flesh. But if you're weak in the flesh or weak in the Spirit, you will live out of the flesh and you'll try to cope and you'll try to cover. So with that being said, let's turn to Ephesians. How are we doing on time? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, remember we said that if you'll ask for wisdom, He'll give it to you liberally. And He won't. Scolds you, he won't chasten you, he won't beat you up for saying, God, I need some wisdom. He says, verse 17, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So this is right now telling us, here's some wisdom. Here's some wisdom that's coming. Here's what the will of the Lord is. So say that with me. I'm going to find out some wisdom right now. And I'm going to find out the will of the Lord. Are you ready? Let's look at the next verse. Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation or excess, one says. But be filled with the Spirit. So he makes a direct correlation with being drunk, given to substance, and being filled well, why is it that people turn to substance? Because they're looking for peace and they're looking for joy. You may differ and disagree, but we'll, we'll argue till the cows come home. Because it's only a coping mechanism. I'm speaking to the church, right? Because this stuff goes on in the church all the time. And God's not saying, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to squelch your good time. Well, the only reason you're trying to have a good time is because you're trying to cope. God says, I want you to conquer, but you're looking to the substance to cope so that you feel like you conquer, so that you have the joy, that you have the peace. But he says, if you get some wisdom right now, understand my will, just get full. Just get full, and if you'll get full, you'll find that the peace and the joy and everything that you desire comes in line. And you don't have to give in to substance to get it. He says, if you'll just purpose to get full of me. Come on, are you hearing me tonight? And again, I'm not, I'm not 
getting on a soapbox. I'm telling you what the will of the Lord is, is because he desires for us to have peace and to have joy. And there's so many of us that struggle. God, I just want to get right with you, but I don't feel worthy. So God, I just ain't going to come to church because I can't get it right. Come on. The churches are empty because people feel as though they don't measure up. And God says, you don't have to measure up. Just get filled up. And you'll feel like you're in right standing with me. Come on, are you here tonight? So God's desire is for us to be full. What's one of the advantages? The advantage is you know that you're in right standing with God. One of the advantages is it taps you in to the joy. It taps you into the peace. One of the advantages is, is that when I feel like I'm weak and I'm feeling the pull of the flesh, I can charge up my spirit man, and therefore my spirit man will control my flesh rather than my flesh control my spirit. Amen. How many of you know that many of us Our spirit is just a passenger in this world. Just being slapped around and dictated to by the flesh. The doctor says you got to die with cancer. Okay. Doctor says, well, that's just part of your family tree. You're always going to be that way. You're always going to have that mental illness because it's just a family thing. Okay. Well, you'll never get over your own insecurities, therefore you'll always be single. Okay. Well, that's just your personality. Like it or lump it, that's just who you are. Okay. Or I can get filled with the Spirit and begin to change from the inside. And then what's on the inside has an appearance on the outside. It changes my countenance. It changes my expectation. Because I'm full. Amen. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to close out with a word of prayer here in just a moment. But next Wednesday. If you've got a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for you. If you've never been filled. We're going to pray. If you've been filled and you say man I just want another dose. I want to get filled up again. We'll pray for you as well. Come on I just love it when God just fills you. Again and again. Man, this is so awesome. Because His mercies are new every morning. And it's just, oh God, you're so awesome. Praise God. Amen? Amen. Then the Bible says they're to be filled, singing and making melody, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to one another. Man, I'm telling you what. When we get in a corporate setting where we're just worshiping God, man, there's such power there. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, your desire is for us to be full. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you right now that tonight is understood as to what it was meant to be. God, this isn't to have a personal address to any one person God that's not how you do things so God I thank you right now 
that in the midst of this night, your love was felt, your voice was heard. And I thank you, Father, that we are learning how to trust you. God, I thank you. I thank you. And so, Father, I thank you that we're learning how to yield to you and being full. And as we do, we thank you that, Lord, it'll be more easy to say no and not to be pulled by our flesh. We thank you that, Lord, our spirits are being supercharged and built up. For, God, there's so much that you have for us to do. And so we thank you that, Lord, next week will be an awesome week. And there will be those that will be filled for the very first time. And there will be those that are renewed and filled a second and a third time. So we give you all the thanks and praise with great expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life